the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday, good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement. As always, here on the Max Out Savings Show. Uh, Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term, to save aggressively and invest conservatively. And and savings rates have been going up. When we started the show well over a decade ago, uh, savings rates were under 1%. And I realized there was a problem in, in savings in the United States, so we started a show about savings and investments. And that's how we how we got the name the Max Out Savings Show. And it was also the way that people could build up wealth. And we figured, realized that after being in the business for well over 25 years, uh, it, it, that that people, they were able to build up wealth in their savings uh, just by, the, by their uh, company savings plan. Or, or you know, if they're in a, the, the government or elsewhere, there's 403Bs, 457, different type of savings plans. They put away 10%, some play 15%. 10% plus they got a match that got them up to retirement. So people would come in with a million dollars uh, to us and, and, and they they built up their savings that way. And, and so we wanted to talk more about that. I believe these savings plans led by the 401k have been the greatest uh, savings tool and wealth building tool in the United States. Uh, you know, probably maybe the house might be number one, but really this has been number two, and it might be actually bigger than that in, in many parts of the country. I, I think in real hot markets, the home has been, in, in more average markets, the 401k plan has been. And so by it's the start of the new year. Now's the time to make those resolutions. Now's the time to increase that savings rate. And so if you're not saving at least 10% uh, plus the company match, uh, you should bump your rate up. If you're not in a plan, sign up for your 401k plan. Look, we just they just passed the new Secure Act. They didn't actually pass the Secure Act. They attached it to the spending bill at the very year end. This thing actually was probably had the most bipartisan support of anything coming out of Congress uh, last year, and uh, virtually nobody voted against it. And uh, and one of the th- things in the Secure Act was that. Uh, they're, they're encouraging 401k plans for opt out, which means if you sign up for the company, you're automatically enrolled in the 401k plan for a certain amount of money. It, sometimes there's a little bit of a delay, and also it, it helped made more people working part time qualify the 401k plan. So uh, again, they're helping you save money, build up wealth, and the reason you you do this way is because. You will always spend up to whatever amount of money you have, and, and so by putting away your money first, in, in paying yourself first in your savings plan, you can spend the rest of the money, and your savings will go on, and that that that's the real secret to building up wealth. And 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 so, for retirement, you have to have a plan, and the easiest plan is to sit there and actually 
put together a, uh, to, you know, contribute to your 401k plan. If, if you're not on that, uh, you know, sign up. So start of the new year. If you'd like to increase your savings, now's the time to do it. Get the, get the, get the new year started out right with an increased savings plan. If you're not in the plan, sign up for the plan. And then, you know, once you build up a lot of wealth, if you retire or you change jobs, come to, to us at Max Out Savings Advisors. We'll help you manage that, your IRA rollover. We do. Uh, we we work with retirees, people that are near retirement, people who have changed jobs, and they come uh, bring to us, and we'll manage it using our value investing approach to the stock and bond markets. It's pretty simple. So, anyway, so start that out. I wanted to hit on that first. <laughs> Again, starting the new year, uh, one of the things in the Max Out Savings Show we do is is we have something called the Max Out Savings Report. It goes out once a month, talking about savings, investments, the world. Uh, trends, uh, savings, retirement, uh, how to how to retire successfully, what to do at retirement, all types of things like that. It's a free report, absolutely free. It's a confidential list. We send it out once a month. We don't call you up. We don't bother you. It's free. That we're working on our newest one right now, which is going to be basically the outlook for uh, for 2020. We'll be discussing some of that in the report. But you can sign up for the free report by going to maxoutsavings.com, maxoutsavings.com. Uh, go to our website, request the report. Uh, if you'd like to sit down with us, I'll be happy to sit down with you personally and go over your financial situation, how you're set for retirement, and show you how we manage money. But at least sign up for the report. You can also listen live by going to AN1070 The Answer. Uh, Google it or 1070 or KNTH and hit the listen live button. You can listen anywhere in the world. Uh, we're on a couple times during the week, uh, weekend. Our show, I think, probably is the most popular one on 1070 right now. I don't know. I've seen some number years ago on it, and we were number one. And, and, and But... Uh, and then also we have podcasts. We have a lot of ways for you to participate. We have people listening and participating all over the world. Uh, so, uh, you know, take advantage of some of the things that we're bringing to the table for you. Outlook, Max Out Savings Support, our outlook. You know, huh, a, a lot to talk about. Uh, uh, the outlook this week, I mean, this week, literally this week, we basically fought a war with Iran. We really didn't fight a war, but we really we had a war. The war was stand. We stood down, and now we're in some type of ceasefire. Uh, it, it, you know, the market the market shot up, uh, went down, shot up. It's just very very volatile. Uh, it 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 ran up. It really exploded higher into year end based on uh, uh, the, you know the Federal Reserve started flooding the system with money. Uh, engaged in a new quantitative easing program called not quantitative easing, not QE, and uh, they, they, they've they've injected an enormous amount of money into the markets. And uh, people don't realize last year uh, at, at at the end of two at the beginning of the year, the market last year was in horrible shape. It completely fell apart at the at very year end. And then this time it was exact opposite, ran up into year end, and, and so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Now we 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 had a good year last year. Interestingly, earnings went virtually nowhere last year. No, the market was it, basically the whole thing was 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 multiple expansion from about fourteen and some change up closer to nineteen, uh, probably a little less than that actually. But it was all almost the whole entire market move was. Uh, multiple expansion and you're like ted what is that that simply means the earnings really didn't go up 
but what happened is the stock market went up and they're like, well, why did it go up? Well, it started going up, but really the thing, if you look at it back in 2018, the Federal Reserve had about a $4.5 trillion balance sheet, which they flooded the system uh, over the last decade uh, with massive amounts of money to paper over all the problems. And they said, look, we're going to take this back and raise interest rates. Well, that worked. They lowered their balance sheet from about $4.5 trillion to $3.75 trillion into about uh, September time frame of last year. And and I think at the time we were even saying rather than raising lowering interest rates, we would actually just increase the balance sheet. Or we thought they should quit. We sh- we thought they should not reduce the balance sheet. Instead, they came up with this repo crisis the, the, in, in parentheses and, and used it to basically pour $400 billion back into the system. So they basically, in the last three months, three or four months, have given back, have have flooded the system back with more money. And half of the balance sheet reduction over the last year and a half has been put back in in the last three months. And that's what caused the move up in the market. So where do we go from here? Well, it's pretty interesting. that Now, the Fed did this. So the Fed is engaged in quantitative easing, and everyone will tell you it is. Uh, You know, you talk to some of the top experts out there, they'll all say, yeah, it's basically quantitative easing. They just don't want it. They're doing this at 3.5% unemployment rate, the lowest unemployment rate in history. Look, what they have two mandates at the Federal Reserve. One of them is uh, keep inflation under control, and the other one is full unemployment. Well, we have full unemployment for all practical purposes. One of the things slowing the economy from growing is is we just we don't have enough workers because at 3.5% unemployment. This is why you're seeing wage growth go up. Uh, over the last six months, we've really seen wage growth going up. And which has been an exciting thing and a very positive thing for everybody involved. And and so that really wasn't part of their mandate. But the Fed has been, the minute the market started selling down, uh, you know, the, the Fed has flooded the system with money and they've been pretty much captive to Wall Street. I, you know, I think they've, they now model themselves as kind of like a central planning organization in the United States. And and so they're not really central planning, but anytime there's a problem, they rush in and, and flood the system with money. And I, Look, that's last decade, okay? We've gone through the Federal Reserve ramping up their balance sheet, flooding the system of money, depreciating working people's dollars, and it's gotten us 2% growth over that time frame. No, I, I, actually, below 2% growth. This was the first decade since the 1930s, and even in the 1930s, I think it was in the history of the United States, that didn't have a 2% growth rate over a decade time frame, the first in the history of the United States. Well, who was in charge of the economy during that time? Basically, it was the central planners at the Federal Reserve, a bunch of ivory-towered ivory uh, economists from Princeton and other places like that, you know, that think that they can sit there and uh, manage the economy, much like the communists think they can manage their economy and it always fails. This decade is going to be fundamentally different from the last decade. And, and, and so... It's you know the Fed the Fed's got rates down at one and a half percent in a red hot economy and uh, you know so they're they're sort of boxed in now they'll say look we're trying to get inflation back up and but if you actually look at the numbers let's take a look at some inflation numbers well the Fed's favorite thing is is something called the uh, where is it right here the 
U.S. personal consumption expenditure core price, 1.6%. Well, Tad, it's under under 2%. The Fed has to do something. Number one, there is no mandate to prevent deflation. It's only inflation. They've kind of created this upon themselves. But let's look at those inflation numbers, okay? Let's take a look at the at the U.S. CPI urban consumer less food and energy, 2.3%. Let's look at the Federal Reserve Cleveland Bank uh, medium CPI year over year, 2.9%. That's above it. Let's take a look at the uh, Atlanta Fed core sticky CPI for 12 months, 2.77%. Okay, so, and then at the Dallas Fed trim, mead, PCI, and annual inflation, 2%. So every every other number the Fed is using is above 2%. Well, what is it at 1.6? Well, what they do is is they use the Medicare reimbursement rates, which lowers inflation. The Medicare reimbursement are kind of that's like what they pay the doctors negotiated that nobody else out there pays except for the Medicare. And so that's not really a true measure of inflation. Even these other numbers I gave you are wrong. And I think one of the trends for the next decade, the 2000s, is going to be more inflation. We saw sort of a deflationary, ultra low, uh, lowest growth rate in decade uh in the last decade and really that number i said was in the last two years the growth has gone above that it was before in 2008 to this point you're starting to see growth come in and what is the difference why is the growth coming in after a decade nothing happened well people are more bullish yeah maybe they've forgotten about the financial crisis yeah it's possible but maybe it's the fact that the fed got out of the way Maybe it's a fact that we lowered taxes in the United States. Maybe it's a fact we deregulated. And maybe it's a fact that we decided to rely on a free market, free enterprise capitalist system versus a centrally planned Federal Reserve. And so I I think the battle for the next decade is going to be to beating the Fed back and beating the central planners back in this country. Now, we're going to see how that's all going to play out. But, But the Fed has done just about everything they can. They're pretty well trapped. Uh, if you look at growth, if you look at, at at Japan, and if you look at Europe, where the federal is, where the central banks there have flooded the system of money, the Japanese have had no rates of return. Uh, their, their market went virtually nowhere for 25 years after after the central bank started flooding the system of money. Now they own, I, I forgot the number, but it's like about 12 percent of the of the of the stocks over. They've been buying stocks to try to support the market in Japan. So. So their plan is failing, and they were going to go to negative interest rates. We've sort of beaten back the negative interest rates over the last couple months. Europe tried negative interest rates over the last couple years. They got 1% growth rate. Germany's in a a virtual recession. The economists go back and forth with their own recession. They're going nowhere. One of the greatest failures of central banks has been negative interest rates, but they're going to try it again. Chairman Powell said, look, we don't believe in negative interest rates, Jerome Powell. Ben Bernanke, who basically is the modern-day Osama bin Laden of the Federal Reserve, he's the guy that's cooked all this stuff up. It wasn't Greenspan. He was he he was the architect under Greenspan. He's the guy that said, let's flood the system money. It hasn't worked. So my point to you is this decade's going to be different from the last decade, and you have to understand that. And you have to understand it's likely to be more inflationary. The dollar, I think you're going to see weakness in the dollar I think you're going to see a lot more volatility. We're seeing kind of a squaring off of 
the last decade was was the rise of globalism. The last two decades, the rise of globalism, you know, moving the factories out of the United States, moving all our manufacturing overseas. We really will be a service economy. We really won't make anything in the United States. We'll just be a service economy. We'll import everything from China. And and we, we you know we'll kind of cease being a a leader and an innovator. Instead, we'll sort of be a. I mean, who in in the United States? Time has passed, and really, it was t- China's time and Europe's time to come forward. Who believes this garbage? Only a bunch of of elitists in Washington D.C. that decide they're going to be the central planners and, and that coddle them up to China, and then and then a lot of executives and CEOs that were getting favorable deals out of China were sitting there buying into this garbage. And unfortunately, uh, we're on the radio where I can't say what I really think, but it costs the American worker their jobs. It costs the American worker their future and their net worth. And finally, we have Donald Trump coming up and Donald Trump says, wait, this is ridiculous. The United States is the greatest country in the world. We have free market capitalism. We have freedom of speech. We have a judicial system that works. We have everything in this country. We've led the world for the last hundred years. Why why is it suddenly, why should it not work now? Why should a, 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 a centrally planned government, a communist system be a better place? Who bought into that idea? And he said, this is ridiculous. So he fought back. He's taken on China. As we've talked about on the show, look, we predicted Donald Trump was going to win was the win, win the Republican nomination? We predicted he was going to win the presidency. We said after the after the Republican National Convention, if, if they can't destroy Donald Trump, Trump in the next two weeks, uh, I was yeah I think it was the Republican National Convention. I said they have two weeks to destroy Donald Trump if they can't win, if they cannot do it in the next two weeks. And you saw a huge ramp up of attacks on President Trump, uh, Donald Trump at the time. He will win. He will win the presidency of the United States of America. That was very radical. Very few people were saying that, but we understood what was happening out there. It, it, and and now here we are again, the same type of thing. But but it, things have fundamentally shifted. So the U.S. consumers come back. Workers have come back. Looking at wages, wages have been coming up. Our average hourly warning earnings have have been going up for about three years and now they're rising up to 3.7 percent recently they dropped off a little bit but that's exciting what we had one of the most exciting things happen here just a couple weeks ago they come out with average increase in in earnings and so they kind of divide it up in the in the bottom 25 next 25 the top 25 percentile well the people that had the biggest raises were the bottom 25% out in the United States. Our biggest problem has been wealth uh, inequality. And here we are for the first time, we've seen this happen where we, where all of a sudden the, the people that got the most wages were the bottom 25% out. That's exciting. That means the mar- labor market's tight. That means people are paying more for workers. People that are just starting out lower wage uh, lower skilled workers, they're getting more raises. They can't find higher skilled workers. What are some of these companies doing? They're now taking some of their lower skilled workers, making them a little more skilled and moving them up the chain. People are starting to come get ahead again. And this is all because we finally have sit there and, and push back on the globalism, push back on the negativity, push back on the idea that the United States is not the greatest place, the, world, the country the world's ever seen. You know, all the talk about immigration, the most remarkable thing about immigration is people will walk 25, 
50 miles across the desert to get into the United States. Why? I mean, think about it. If it's so great in their country, why are they staying there? Why are they trudging across the debtors, then sitting in, you know, maybe detention for a couple weeks before they can come into the United States? Why do they, they will do anything. They will save money, save money for five years, put every dime they can make in the bank, save it. They will pay some coyote to bring them into the United States because we are the greatest place in the world. Do you see people? I mean, please, somebody please show me the border wall in China or, or, or all the flood of immigrants trying to come into China. No, they're all leaving. Now, the only reason they're going to put a border, a border wall in China is to keep the Chinese from fleeing China. Think about that. So anyway, uh, so a lot of exciting things are happening in the United States. We're seeing a shift. We're seeing a fundamental shift back to the basic values that made us the great country we are, the, the dynamic leader. And so... So we've got we've got consumers are picking up, consumers are doing well, they're getting raises, they're changing jobs, they're moving around, consumer confidence is near high levels. Savings rate, I saw savings eight point something percent. The the actually people saved more money last last uh, I saw a recent thing where savings rate actually went up. It should have kind of gone down a little bit. People are actually saving even more money, which is kind of unusual. And, and and so because at the bottom of the economic crisis, you saw savings really ramp up because people were afraid to spend. They're not afraid to spend, and even now they're saving money. And so a lot of exciting things are starting to happen in the United States. And and, and so, but we are seeing some chin, some trends that are starting to change. And 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 I think one of them for for uh, tell, actually we have to take a break here, don't we? So okay, we'll take a quick break and we'll go some of the outlook, some of the things we're gonna see for twenty twenty. We'll be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks... 
When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Savings Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got a question or comment, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. That's what Bob did. Hello, Bob. How are you doing? Oh, good morning and happy new year to you, Ted. Listen to your show all the time. Very, very good insight. Thank you, Bob. Hey, I've got a a concern, though, uh, about a possible black swan event. Now, this guy, Jeffrey Gunlock, on the West Coast is preaching the end of the financial world if uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders gets in. And I'm trying to look under the uh, blankets to see exactly why that would happen, and I think I found something that is very disturbing to me. Uh, Financial history, 1981, Reagan appointed the first SEC chairman, John Shadd, who was the CEO of E.F. EF Hutton. And when he was a chairman, uh, uh, he uh, passed this regulation 10B18, which is uh, permits stock buybacks. And basically, this has been going on ever since Reagan. There has been no SEC uh, revoke, revoke of this uh, stock buyback clause. And I believe this is the greatest single risk to the uh, markets. They're, they're in the ozone right now. And I'm wondering, is that is that what Gunlock is talking about? If, he, if one of these people gets in that is not business friendly anymore and they appoint an SEC non-Wall Street chairman, and they revoked that 10B18 uh, uh, rule, which basically was outlawed. Uh, if you remember, from, Joe from the Kennedy, depression, yeah, yeah, Joe Kennedy, uh, he he made his fortune doing that. And then when they appointed, of course, FDR said no better than to put the fox in charge of the uh, hen house. And so he revoked it after he got rich on it. And here we are, 1981. This has been going on, and 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 on top of all this, the guy from the Big Short. Barry, Dr. Barry, he claims the ETFs are in a huge bubble, and I could see how that would make sense. If the stock float is disappearing off the face of the earth and uh, com- corporations are not using that money to uh, do research and development and, and, you know, the usual political rhetoric, but I think it happens to be true in this case. But in any case, uh, ETFs are piling in on fewer and fewer stocks. That lead, that's telling me we got a serious problem here on the horizon. Your thoughts? Yeah, one, one, my mentor, one of my mentors, actually my favorite one was he actually wrote wrote a book on kind of titled "How Stock What How Stocks Are Manipulated," and he kind of laid out the case and under a pseudonym. And uh, this this was probably twenty twenty five years ago. Uh, look, I, I think that's a big problem. Uh, the, the corporations have spent, I want to say, like close to a trillion dollars this year buying back stock. And, and, and in my opinion, these stock buyback programs are, have been used to walk the market up. And, and what you can do is is you, you put your stock buyback programs in, and if you get a sell-off in the market over a day, to, you increase this people – you know, Goldman Sachs and people call these guys up and say, look, we can buy more stock. It's cheaper. So they come in and buy the stock and it puts a floor in there and it keeps going up. I think they've walked the market up. Uh, I think they're buying back stock uh, right now at ridiculously high levels, uh, multiples of book value, multiples of cash flow. 
very high levels. Uh, this year, last actually last year, 19, uh, 2019, they actually spent more money buying back stock and dividends than they had free cash flow. And what this has led to is is a huge jump in corporate debt. And we that corporate debt is some of the highest in history. Uh, we think uh, it, it, there's an enormous number of companies that have debt. Debt is rated in, in anywhere from uh, D, which is default, up to triple A. Uh, anything above uh, tr- triple B and above is is investment grade. I think there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, most of these executives are running their debt right right just above junk because they've been told by the board we want to make sure our our debt isn't junk. Well, if the economy slows and these there's going to be a lot of downgrades in, 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 and then they're going to have to shut down the stock buyback program because they're taking on too much debt. The other thing, the, this is a great question, Bob. By the way. The other thing is Elizabeth Warren says that she wants to sit there and either outlaw the uh the the buybacks or do something to rate it in. They're talking I think there's a possibility, even if Warren or Sanders don't you could see some type of, of tax on, on, on stock buybacks. Uh I, I don't think they've been really good. I think there's been way too much financial engineering on Wall Street and and, and not enough investment in plant and equipment. And, and so I do think that, that look if those buy buybacks shut down, it's gonna be a big problem out there. And look all you gotta do is look at Dell. Dell bought back massive amounts of stock and then things went against them and the stock went I think I want to say it was they bought it in the thirties, thirty five and ultimately was taken over at like at seventeen because the company was over levered and uh basically Michael Dell got a steal in that company and and I, I think I, I think that definitely is a, is a possibility of a black swan. So, so uh, if I can interrupt, what yeah. what signs what signs would tell me in the uh, the, the media? What signs? What uh, political geopolitical actions would tell me that this would be a real a real uh, this is happening, or I just watch the trends in the okay. Uh, 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 here, here's what it is: you watch the couple things. You watch the debates. Look. I'm writing my max out savings report right now, Bob. One of the things we're talking about is is Wall Street has been lulled in the in the public. Everyone's been lulled into kind of complacency. Look, this presidential Democratic campaign has gone on for seven months. They they do these debates. Nobody watches them. They're yawners, and it's it's kind of almost become a joke. Uh, but that's about to change now. Uh, We've got within three weeks. We have the Iowa caucuses. We need to see who's win. Right now, I'm hearing Bernie Sanders might be ahead. If Bernie Sanders starts pulling ahead, that's a problem. If he's if he's just underneath and, and Elizabeth Warren drops out or vice versa, that other, uh, the other Warren support's going to go to Sanders or Sanders support's going to go to Warren, and that's going to be the thing you want to watch. They're going to start going after Wall Street in these debates, and that's what you want to watch closely. Yeah, I would imagine that's going to create a huge amount of volatility. I mean, they they keep adding more and more candidates, and and now you have this geopolitical action with. I mean, the one side is saying Trump did that attack for uh, to take distraction away from impeachment, and then the other side is saying it. You know, you know what I'm saying. It's just I don't really care who's right or wrong. I just want to get the hell out of there. We've been in there for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, $2 that's trillion dollars and it's bankrupt in the country. Can't we do yeah. that? Well, Bob, but that's gonna, I think they're trying to do something. Look, I mean, Donald Trump has masterly been able to handle this. Quite frankly, Suleiman was the architect of the whole thing over there. They took him out. So I think maybe we have a chance to to, to back this down now. Maybe we he Trump. Trump has offered for Russia and China to come help try to mediate this mess over there. I think it's a positive. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. 
Yeah. yeah, if you got a question or comment, 713-339-1070. I want to build a little bit, and we write about this in the Max Out Savings Report on what Bob said, is, uh, and it hadn't gone out yet. It's going to go out first part of next week. Look, a cu- here's a couple things to think about. Three weeks, uh, we've got the, uh, we've got the uh, February 3rd, we have the Iowa caucuses coming out. Three weeks. After that, and then it's the it's the New Hampshire caucus the next week, and then it's the next week is the Nevada caucus. The next week on the 29th is the South Carolina uh, caucus, February 29th. People are going to start having to pay attention to these things, and and, and you're going to see you're going to see that primary on the on the South Carolina primary. They're going to, they're going to start paying attention to this stuff all of a sudden, and I think you're going to see some real things now. Okay, so then what happens March March third? Okay, which is basically, you know, it, what is that? Uh, it, it's just 40 days or so from now. Uh, th- then what we're looking at then is is there's actually another Democratic primary. It's just kind of a Super Tuesday primary. So then you're going to have Alabama, uh, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. So you're going to see an enormous number of, of, of things come out. So this this presidential campaign is going to come out. And and if 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 Bernie Sanders is the guy that's winning and Donald Trump, it, they're going to make it sound like Bernie Sanders is, is going to win. They always do. Remember Mondale and Reagan? They made it sound like Mondale was creeping up and about to take out Reagan. It was a complete landslide for Ronald Reagan, one of the biggest landslides in election history. So this is going to be a problem, and I think this is going to be a concern for the market is because it's not just a stock buyback program. It's it's higher taxes. It's Medicare for all. It's environmental. It's shutting down the oil and gas industry. It's the elimination of the farm industry. It's one thing after another, and this is going to be the most – this is going to be the most hotly contested election possibly in the history of the United States. So this is something we really want to watch and see. Tell what, let's take a call from Bill at 713-339-1070. Hey, Bill. Hello, Ted. Thanks for taking my call. I've got basically two questions. One, what what do you think the direction of interest rates are? I think unless barring some calamity, they're up. And with that in mind, what's your thoughts on the safety with Jenny Mays. I've done well with them before, but now if rates are going up, that's not a good scenario. Okay. Over the, the, what I think you're going to see happen is I think rates are going to slowly go up, particularly on the long end. I, I listened to Bernanke talk, who's still much more into the mix than people realize. He was talking about maybe pushing the low end, the short end, to closer to zero over you know maybe one, two, or more years, and then keep the long end to keep the curve up. I think we're seeing more inflation. We've got 3.5% unemployment. I think the look one of the big trends in assessment for for twenty twenty in the markets I think is going to be a falling dollar that's going to pressure that's going to pressure the bond market uh as as well. I think they start going up at least to mid year and then we'll have to kind of see nothing spectacular. I think over the next decade rates are going up i think I think you're going to see problems. The Ginny May should be okay. But if you start seeing a lot of inflation over time and rates really start moving up, those Ginnie Mays are going to lock into more 30-year mortgages versus being refinanced every two or three years. For now, over the next six months, uh, over the next year, they probably should be okay. Over the longer term, I'd be a little more careful. Okay, now that's basically 
a short-term bond, is it not? Uh, it, 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 okay, yeah, it is, but it, technically a lot of these things are 15- and 30-year bonds. But what happens is 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 a certain number of people move every year, so you know you're going to get part of the money back. And also, rates have fallen so much. Every couple of years they go up and then they fall again, and people refinance. So a lot of these things have two-, three-, four-year uh, average life. But if inflation were to take off over the longer term, they become 30-year bonds, and they're going to be a big problem. Probably not for this year, but over the next – in the future. Okay, so basically be diligent and watch inflation trends. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, the dollar. I think the dollar is going to be where the inflation is going to come from. Okay. Uh, uh, Thank you, Ted. Sure thing. Uh, one other Good. thing to realize, too, is is with the Federal Reserve is now kind of – they basically said, look, we're going to let inflation run a little hotter. Because one of the things they're seeing is by the inflation running a little hotter in the economy, people are getting raises or getting jobs. It, it, and there's demand for workers, and so people are moving up the ladder. And I think I think they're I think they're going to let inflation go up some. And as we've talked about earlier in the show, I'm looking at four different measures, most of them by central banks, by the by Fed, different Fed groups. Inflation is now over two percent. Uh, I, I think it's going to go up. One of the big trends we're going to see for uh, we're going to see for. Uh, 2020 is going to be a falling dollar, and we're, we're going to be discussing the reasons by that right after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show. And if you got any questions or comments, you give us a call at 713-339-1070. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. 
When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. This is the last uh, segment of the show. It's been a quick show today. Uh, you can reach us at 713-339-1070. Look, we're writing our, about our Max Out Savings support. You can get free copy going to the website, maxoutsavings.com. Sign up. It's free, completely free. Uh, so looking at some of the big trends, one of the big trends we think is going to be this year is going to be the dollar. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that. Is Number one, President Trump would like the dollar a little bit lower, particularly against the Europeans and some of the other ones, so they can better compete around the world. The dollar has been strong over the last couple of years. But also, now we have China, Russia, and a number of countries trying to diversify from the dollar. And so this is going to put some pressure on the dollar. And with the lower deficits, it's kind of counterintuitive, but with lower deficits, that means typically less money is recycled. They've been done a very efficient job of recycling the dollars back into the United States. But with less of them out there, there's going to be less buying. There's going to be less recycling. And so it's going to put pressure on the dollar. The other really big thing is is – at the end of last year, they have they got a new uh, central bank, head of the central bank, uh, uh, Lagarde, uh, in uh, in uh, in the ECB, European Central Bank, and, and and Draghi, who was a proponent of negative interest rates that failed miserably over there, is kind of out, and they're trying to slowly move rates up from being negative. As they take the negative interest rates up, then it's going to be more more advantageous to own the euro. So. Interest rates elsewhere in the world are starting to go up. Right now, uh, I, I haven't looked at the last in the last couple week or so, but the 10-year the in, in Germany has been about negative 0.3%. Something like that. Ours is about 0.18%. Uh, that's a big difference. So we're the, so people, if they put money in Europe over 10 years, they get negative rates. They lose money. They make 1.8% just on governments here. So the, all this money has been pouring into the United States. Uh, which has strengthened the dollar. And they've not been able to hedge it because if they hedge it, then the rates go underneath the European and the Japanese. If you're in Japan, the Japanese tenure over there, which is also negative. So they can't efficiently hedge. So all these things, all these dollars that are, are these bonds that are held overseas are unhedged. If the dollar starts, if the interest rates start going up and they have losses, which we're seeing a push, they're coming up a little here, that means that they're likely to sell, and if they do, then they're going to have to convert back into dollars, into their own currencies. In addition, if those currencies start going up over there and the dollar starts going down here, that these people aren't heads. They're going to have to start getting out of inter, out of out of bonds, and that could push up the rates as well. So this is a this is going to, I think a big trend. I think it's very bullish for precious metals, uh, gold and silver. It's also bullish for commodities because most commodities particularly oil are 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 uh priced in dollars now oil's pretty expensive but generally you're seeing some upward trend in other commodity prices so if the dollar goes lower this is going to be more bullish for commodities which have really underperformed over the last decade if that happens then you you're going to see more inflation in the United States so so i i think i think emerging markets should do well keep in mind china's been you know, with with the trade war with China, a lot of that production is going to elsewhere, to Vietnam, to to Malaysia, to Thailand, to Mexico, and so those emerging markets are, are starting to to 
to come up as well. So emerging markets are going to do well. Precious metals, gold, silver should do well. Value stocks, it's been all growth. If you look at the performance of the S&P 500, it's been almost ridiculous how much it is big, massive growth stocks and tech stocks. And so it's, it's and, and value is underperformed. So you're going to start seeing value go up. And, and value particularly a lot of commodity-based, a lot of the value stocks tend to do business overseas. They tend to be more commodity. They're, they're going to profit from a lower dollar. So so I think that that's some, one of the big trend, it, trends you're going to see is really going to be what, what what's happening with the dollar. And so this is something we want to continue to watch. Uh, the, the higher inflation in the United States is also going to be negative for the dollar. So, so I, I, I think if I had to rate it, I think, number one, it's going to be the elections. And then number two is going to probably be the dollar, and then China inflation, and actually the you know and the other thing we want to watch is that we actually had a call with it, uh, earlier, uh, Bob discussing what you know uh, on the stock buyback programs. You know, is this a black swan? I, look, I think these the stock buyback programs have pushed as much as they can. Corporate debt is highly levered. We're avoiding corporate debt for 2020 because interest rates are moving up. Because there's a lot of pressure on corporations to spend money. Remember, this is an election year. If you're the CEO of a big U.S. company, someone asks you, you want to be saying, oh, yeah, what are you doing this year? Hey, we just opened a factory in Missoula, wherever, or or Cleveland, Ohio. You know, we just hired, uh, we're trying to hire a 1,000 people. Uh, we just gave raises. We're having to put, increase our w- workers' raises. We put a new research and development f- facility in in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, th- this is the type of stuff that these people want to say. So they're going to be spending more money this year on plant equipment raises and people in automation and less on on uh, stock buyback programs it, because this is an election year. So the election year is driving things. And one thing I want you to understand is, is look, it's less than three weeks away on the Iowa caucuses. Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, is in the lead. So you're going to see a lot of things happening. And then after, after the Iowa caucus, it's over the next four weeks, it's one prime Democratic primary after another. There's going to be winners, losers, uh, Biden will be ahead one day. Uh, Sanders will be up the next. Maybe Buttigieg, Warren. It's going to be all over the place. And and then you're going to have the Super Tuesday uh, on the first week of March, where you're going to get uh, over two. Uh, what I'm going to say, it's like 450 delegates. And so, the whole country is really going to start focusing on the election. They've not focused on it, as we said. The Democratic uh, presidential campaign so far has been a gigantic snooze fest that nobody at all is paying any attention to. That's about to change. So this is going to be factored into the market. So I think you're going to see more volatility this year as well. Uh, Some of the big trends. China. I think you're going to see more capital spending because, as we talked about the election this year, and also corporations have a little better idea what's going to go on with China. There's going to be tariffs. There's going to be happening. And they've also been told, look, come up with an alternative source outside of China in case there's a problem. So they're going to start spending money in that area. They're going to be spending money on factories here. So what Donald Trump did is he changed the table on China. Before it was like, hey, move your factories all over to China, and it's going to be the manufacturing base. We're going to be the service base. That's not the case anymore. It's like, hey, what are you doing to protect the United States and your company in case we have a problem? So they're going to start spinning because now they have some clarity with the trade deal. A lot of things are going to be happening, and, and we're going to rewrite some more about this. 
coming up here in the end of the show, if, if, you, if you're not on our free Max Out Savings Report list, go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. And if you need help with your retirement, you have an IRA, you're changing jobs or whatever, would like to do an IRA role, that's what we do. We manage people's retirement at Max Out Savings Advisors. I'll sit down with you personally and kind of go over your financial situation. We'll see where you stand for retirement and show you how we manage money. Just go to maxoutsavings.com and at a minimum, sign up for the free report. Now, a couple things remember here. We starting up the new year, increase that savings rate. Remember our motto and our philosophy, which is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. We see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer.